0: Good morning. This is Pastor Adam Eggleston with First Christian Church. I hope that you had a pleasant Thanksgiving this past week, no matter what that may have looked like this year. We're all praying that this message finds you all healthy and well, and we're thankful for each of you that is joining, whether it's through radio, uh, through Facebook, through podcasts or on our website later on. No matter what, we're glad that you're here this morning. This morning, I want to focus in on the change in seasons that is upon us. Thanksgiving's passed, but December's not yet here. For some of you, maybe the Christmas season officially started when Santa turned the corner and made his way down 34th Street in front of Macy's Thursday morning. Or maybe it was with the shopping on Friday or Maybe you're one of the people who's had decorations up for a few weeks because you just needed that little uplifting moment the weather is steadily changing from autumn to winter maybe you're excited because hunting season is in full swing there are many other ways in which we are between seasons as well Um, it seems as if we're passing into new phases of the virus and the restrictions. Life just has its ebbs and flows and seasons which change all around us. I believe it would be beneficial to pause in this few moments to see the seasons that have been and to look ahead to the seasons to come. With this in mind, I would encourage you to turn in your Bibles or open up your Bible app on your phone to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Now, this passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 can often be quoted at funerals because it describes the seasons of one's life from beginning to end, all the things that you'll go through. this, This passage is from the wisdom literature of the Bible, and it's advice from someone who identifies themselves as the teacher, who is most likely King Solomon looking back and examining life. Toward the end of his own, he said, For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Everything that happens has its own time that it's going to happen, but it's a season. And he's going to list a bunch of the contrasting seasons here the good and the bad that we will experience throughout our lives. He says, There's a time. To be born and a time to die. Everything else is going to happen between those two things. He says there's a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. Time to kill and a time to heal. Farmers this morning will understand all those references to the seasons of their crops and their livestock. The things they go through every year. He says there's a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Now is probably one of those times to refrain from embracing. But the time will come again when we will be able to embrace each other in comfort and encouragement. He says there's a time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Obviously, as Christians, as a church, we're always praying for more of the times of love and peace. I'd say we can and should use our time to speak or be silent to help us keep that peace. Now, while a good many of us have faced these times in our lives, I want to focus in on just a few of these phrases that maybe we haven't taken the time to appreciate over the last few months. The first being a time to mourn time to weep. I know that as a church family and as a community, we've lost people who we loved. Whether it's been to this virus or another illness, accidents, or simply old age, many of our people have went on, and we haven't been able to have the normal grieving periods that we once would have. And that hurts. It takes its toll when we can't go through the normal grieving period. You know, as one of your pastors, I can tell you that when a member of my flock is hurting, it grieves me. And I'm sure Bill feels it too. This year has been hard for many of you. And we need to take the time to mourn, the time to weep. The time to acknowledge our losses as a congregation. And mentally process what has happened. There have been many personal heartaches within the flock that are just wearing people down. And I'm not going to list names or anything. But take a moment and really admit to yourself and to God the people you're still grieving. Someone had been telling me. A while back about how they had seen us as pastors anew through the parable of the good shepherd. There Jesus described a shepherd who knows his sheep. They know him. They recognize his voice. And he places himself between them and anything that comes to harm them. And it's true. That's exactly where we want to be as pastors. It's hard to do right now. Let me just say that when I say the phrases, God loves you, I love you, and we're both here for you, I mean that for all of you as well. I'm more than just the guy who teaches kids and runs the computers. You know, Even though I often hang back and let Bill tend to the sheep, I still very much have always seen you all as my flock. When you hurt, I hurt. And I say that because I want you all to realize that I'm here for you in any of these difficulties too. If there's anything I can do for you, don't hesitate to ask. I'm here to talk to as well. Because this is a hard season. It's also the time that we've lost as a church family. I haven't seen my youth group together as a whole, in nine months. That's hard. Many of you have not been able to gather with those that you consider to be part of your spiritual family for one reason or another. And that takes its toll on your spirit. We've lost out on our traditions and opportunities throughout the year. Easter was spent at home. Wednesday nights have been taken away. There was no Thanksgiving meal. There won't be a Christmas dinner. There was no softball season, no egg hunts, no trick-or-treat, no bike rodeo, no to a thousand things. Listing them off starts to sound like Ralphie at the end of a Christmas story, listing all the foods that the Bumpus' dogs had destroyed. And that's difficult. That's a lot to process. And it's okay to grieve those things. To weep and mourn together over the things this year that have been taken away from us. The shortest verse in the Bible tells us that Jesus wept with his friends when they were hurting. We need to take the time to do likewise. I don't mention any of this to make you sad or to make this moment more difficult. I say this because I've seen far too often how unresolved griefs, losses that we don't take the time to deal with, can and will come back later on to still do its damage to us. We need to take the time to talk these things through with our church family because they love us and they understand our pain. We have to go through the time of mourning and weeping to reach the time. Of healing and that's the goal because the flip side of those phrases is a time to laugh a time to dance meaning there's a time to celebrate and I know it's been hard in the midst of the morning and lamenting to find anything to celebrate good things have happened this year in the midst of all this that we didn't really get to acknowledge those things either. For example, every year we make a big deal out of graduations. That didn't happen. Our doors were closed when we were supposed to have graduation Sunday. I know at least three of my youth kids, Abby Hicks, Christopher Humphreys, Ethan Tingler, they all graduated from Allegheny and we're really proud of them. Many of you probably have family members who graduated from high school or even college. Celebrate them. Celebrate their accomplishments. There have been weddings this year, even though we couldn't attend them. There have been births, although we haven't been able to meet the kids yet. There are things worthy of celebration and praise, even if only from afar. New jobs, new promotions, new engagements. Some people have accomplished great things this year despite the circumstances. As a church, we need to pray for them and praise them and let them know just how proud of them we really are. Sometimes for ourselves, it's a matter of finding the little things in our lives to celebrate to keep our own spirits up. Would I have asked for this much time at home? No, but I know that being confined at home let me cross some things off my to-do list that had been on the back burner for years. It feels good to have some of those things off the honey-do list. A virus can do a lot, but there's more that it can't do. They closed doors for a while, but it didn't stop the church. It didn't take away Jesus. It can't do that. It couldn't stop God's love or ours. We saw churches rush to Facebook so fast that Facebook couldn't keep up. As the church reached audiences we hadn't reached in ages. How many of you have been sitting down as a family to have church together for the first time in a long time? You know, I'm as excited as anybody to be back in our sanctuary. But even when we weren't, that virus never stopped us from being family. We've watched great moments of community unity this year. From the M3 feeding those in need locally to the balcony concerts uplifting the big cities. The first time I can remember... News agencies are actually compiling lists of good things that have happened this year. You know, Go out there to any of these news sites and you can read of the 96-year-old man in Italy getting his college degree. Or read of the fact that they finally figured out how to keep birds from flying into wind turbines. It's strange, but it's true. Look it up. All they had to do was paint one blade of it a different color so that the birds could see it. It's those good, happy stories that are hard to see, hard to focus on, and easy to miss with all of the other stuff going on. You know, even though it's stressful at times, many of us got more time at home with family this year than we could have ever imagined. No matter what, there's good in that. So many people have been reaching out to their neighbors more than they had in years. Reconnecting. As a church, we saw teens lead a charge to reach out and remind the entire flock that they weren't forgotten. So many people had been wishing that life would slow down. And 2020 forced us to slow down. Maybe we got... Exactly what we were praying for, but not in the way we had hoped for. You know, we put aside many of the activities that drew families apart and huddled into new things that brought us together. There's so much good that's still happening if we simply look for it. And while we're doing those two things, you know, mourning with those who mourn and celebrating with those who celebrate, all the while, I believe we should be focusing on a third time, It's the time to build up. I think it's funny that Solomon used this phrase right before he mentioned the weeping and laughing. The verse right before speaks of a time of breaking down and a time of building up. Many of our loved ones are going through times of breaking down, and they need us to step in And build them up. Loss, defeat, isolation. It's taken a toll to the point I'm starting to see new phrases floating around. Like pandemic fatigue, COVID fatigue, crisis fatigue. No matter what you want to call it, they all end with that word fatigue, which means we're tired. Basically, we've been in this state of anxiety and restrictions for so long that our bodies and brains almost don't know what to do with it anymore. And it's normal to feel that frustration. And we as the church need to hold each other up through it. Sometimes all that takes is a word of encouragement. Think about Barnabas. And what kind of person he must have been, the things he must have done, that his name given to him by the apostles meant son of encouragement. What would it look like to try to replicate a life and do things to the point that people referred to us as an encouragement? You know, I got to look in at how Paul was in one of the times of frustration and doubt in his own life. Uh, he was facing opposition in Corinth. And he must have been thinking about packing up and leaving. And granted it was God that gave him the word of encouragement. But still it was a simple message of don't be afraid. Keep going. And it was enough to make Paul stay put another year and a half to preach to that city. That one word of encouragement Changed his mind from, i got to get out of here, to these people need me. What can a word of encouragement from you mean in the life of someone around you? Think about those people who are in a situation that makes this time even more difficult on them. Who need that encouragement. Who need you. To come in and show them Jesus. You know, we have many shut-ins who probably had few visitors before and even less now, if any. We need to pick up the phone. And I get it. I'm bad at that. Between being a forgetful person and being an introvert, I don't like making phone calls. I am a person who will wait until we can talk face-to-face. Before I bring up whatever it is I needed to talk to you about. But that isn't working out so well for me in this time. Because I can't guarantee when the next time I'm going to see that person face to face is. So I know I need to do better. How many of you feel the same way? While you're thinking about people, I mean, what... What about the parents who have been trying their best to navigate homeschooling, trying to figure out all this virtual learning and what to do with their kids, how to manage a job and this and that and all of it. And then they got a phone call just the other day telling us that we get to keep going on that plan at least for another two months. Now, I love my kids, but I know I could have used some encouragement after that phone call. Think about the people who have anxiety and depression. The, the 15 million people facing seasonal affective disorder who are now headed into that season with extra things to be anxious or upset about. Those people could use those helping words from you. Maybe working people who may not feel safe in their job, but they need food on their table. Or maybe the people who are now out of a job. And every day on the news, we're starting to see the food bank lines getting longer and longer. This world needs Jesus. And it needs you to show them Jesus in action. It needs you out there praying for them. Building them up. Encouraging them. Romans chapter 12. Paul says. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Those words, one another, show up over a hundred times in the New Testament. It's what we're called to. We have to have a people-first point of view, where we look to each and every person as created in the image of God and do what it takes to love them. Now, Some of you need to remember to cling to the good in front of you. Some of you need to repair relationships around you. Well, maybe that you fractured with politics over the last few months. some of you need to honor somebody and lift them up. Some of you need to show hospitality some of you need to take that time to mourn with those who are mourning Some of you need to take the time to rejoice with those who are rejoicing but all of you are called to do something to show love to the flock to be devoted to one another take care of one another. Build one another up. Now the truth is, this next season, it's just as much a guessing game as the one we're coming out of. But the times will remain the same. No matter what December and 2021 throw at us, take the time to mourn, the time to celebrate, the time to build up the people around you. Yeah, we'll wait eagerly for the time when we can embrace safely again. We can look to the spring when we're going to be able to plant again. Take time to seek the lost. Take time to speak up and to speak to the people who desperately need it. Because this is definitely a time to love one another. A virus can't take away Christmas whether doors are open or closed, Jesus was still born. Whether you can travel to your family or not, you can still communicate your love to them. We need to focus our hearts and our minds on the real meaning of Christmas. Many of us have wished for years for a way to do that. Perhaps this is an opportunity. So if you've ever felt like Charlie Brown fed up with the commercialism and Searching for the real meaning of Christmas. Here's your chance. It's not about all the presents. It's about Jesus. You know, those of you with kids and grandkids, they're stuck at home right now. So you've got a captive audience to tell them the story of Christmas. And a few memories of your own of Christmas's past. Remember when everybody was placing bears in the windows for kids to see? Maybe now's the time to let our Christmas lights shine to brighten up the neighborhood. I don't know, put Santa or some elves or something in the windows for the kids to spot. If right now you can't visit that one relative who cooks an amazing dish, call them up. Right now, you've got an excuse to ask for the recipe and to just sit and talk. December can throw whatever it wants at us, but on the 25th, I'll still be celebrating the birth of Jesus wherever I am, with whoever I can, because a virus can't stop Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for you. We we know that we've been going through some very hard seasons. This has been a difficult year. And we ask you to step in to provide healing and comfort in only the ways you can. Father, help us to see the good that's happening. And to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. To be able to praise you for the good things. To be able to show people. We're proud of the things that they're doing. Father, help us to see the need, the opportunity, the places where we can step in and build one another up. There are always going to be these contrasting times, these different seasons in our lives. So no matter what this next season holds, God, we know that you're there. That you are going to be Right beside us, leading us and guiding us through it, still doing your good works, no matter what the world throws at us. Father, I ask your blessing on each and every person that is listening, that you will just lift them up this morning. Bless them as they go into this next season. I just thank you and praise you for Jesus Without you, I fall apart. It's crazy. just